Yo, comic fam. Real quick, link in the bio to follow Danny on Instagram. She's the artist from Coffin Bound, and she also did the cover art of our Comic Tom exclusive for Undiscovered Country that we're sending out in the November mystery mail call. Link is in the bio to join the community. Enjoy the podcast and support this awesome artist. We appreciate her for working with us. Happy Sunday, comic fam. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about expensive paper, comic books, and I'm sitting here with my homies. What's going on? I'm the Golden Age Guru. I'm going to help you decipher the old and the gold. I'm Fire Guy Ryan. I'm not wearing shoes today. (laughs) It's a choice. He's not wearing shoes. You wouldn't know, but I'm glad you let us know because honesty is what you're going to find here on the show. I'm your host, Comic Tom, and we're talking about a lot of fun stuff. Hit the subscribe button. We do this podcast every single Sunday. We do a bonus show after the camera shut off over on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Why don't we jump right into the first subject of the show? We're talking gold balls. We're going to talk about House of X, and not just current House of X. We're talking about something that a fan found in Wolverine and the X-Men 36. Yeah, right? Are you sure as hell didn't find it? No, no. We had to find out which issue was in. We saw the panel. We took, what, 45 minutes to locate this panel that... I think we need, to, we need to back up a little more, because this, 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 this panel was somebody explaining the character of Gold Balls, who had... I never finished House of X and Powers of 10, because apparently that's what it's called, but Gold Balls has some relevance to the way that this storyline finished. And this was a character that Brian Michael Bendis created uh, when he took over the X-Men in like 2012, 2013-ish. And there was some panel that somebody found on the internet with gold balls being referenced in the uh, crossover event Battle of the Atom. That's right. In this conversation, Deadpool from the future goes, oh, gold balls. Oh, you're super famous. Can I get your autograph? So he's like, he's famous in the future. And this is at a time where gold balls was kind of looked at as a joke. He was brand new. And that was the joke. Like, right. he's clearly like a dork. Like, his power is like bouncy balls that come out of him. Like, well, how could this guy possibly be cool and famous and relevant and important in the future? Yeah. Turns out he kind of is. Yeah, and he's relevant because well, he's part of this group of five that's able to regenerate X-Men from the House of X, Powers of X, or Powers of Ten series, which is like a huge deal. Yeah, his uh, mutant powers turned out to be one of the most important ones to make this series possible. And now there's like YouTubers making videos about how he's one of the most important X-Men of our time. The thing is, we saw this tweet that this person put out where they found this screenshot of the panel with Deadpool and Gold Balls asking for his autograph and all that. But in Explain the, text, the event. First, explain the event and how many issues and where you have to find. Because you can't just like buy a trade of it. Well, he said, this panel is from Battle of the Atom. Right. That was all the detail that this person went into it, went into on this post. We looked it up. Battle of the Atom is like a 10 issue. It's a relatively short crossover. I mean, it's not like an Infinity Gauntlet with 50 issues. There's 10 issues. It's uh, They had a Battle of the Atom. You know, there were a couple issues of that main uh, storyline, and then it crossed over into various X-Men titles like Wolverine and the X-Men and Uncanny X-Men and regular just plain old X-Men, all new X-Men, basically all the stuff that Bendis was writing at the time. So I thought this was funny. I'm like, I want to bring this to the community's attention. Jeff actually found the story. I'm like, oh, this is too good. Like, it's funny to see this type of retroactive appreciation to a character, especially right now, because of all the Marvel characters, this one just happened to be the one. That's fun. But we had to find out which comic it was in. I wanted to be able to share that information with the community. And we're going through 10 different issues, looking for them in the back issue bins, pulling them up on the app, and not finding them, looking at pages, like Googling uh, pages. Like, are there anything out there? Like, how can we find this panel? 
and we couldn't find it and it took us like an we hour spent like an hour doing this like i almost went home like this took way too long i was about to pull the plug and just go home so let's it. just reiterate it again it happens in wolverine and the x-men issue number 36 applause ladies and gentlemen that's right thank you Golf cap. i'll take full all credit right. it was all me i found it well let's also say how hickman is getting credit for calling back to something like this that's true so that's interesting he's getting credit and later on somebody else gets basically berated for doing almost something potentially similar. So we're going to get into that, and that's going to be interesting. Ah, oh, yep, yep, yeah. that's coming. That's Tie coming. it all together. We've got a long show. Before we get to our next segment, let me tell you about our sponsor, Key Collector Comics, the best comic book app that exists on the market. It's filled with all of these really cool categories that are constantly being made. And this week, there's an update. We have a whole Joker covers category, and it's really, really fun to scroll through this list. One of my favorite ones that I wasn't familiar with is Catwoman issue number 65. This cover has Catwoman with the Joker mask on her face for the first time. And this is like a $10 book in high grade, one that I'm going to be hunting for when I go out to the next convention. My favorite Joker cover on there, and before that list even came out, is always going to be Detective Comics 69. Classic, classic, classic. Easily the best one out of any Joker cover, in my opinion. But don't forget, go to that icon of Comic Tom and put in the promo code TOM101 to unlock the entire app and get a week free. I was going to say Detective Comics number one, New 52, and that's when he cuts his own face off. Oh, yeah. Hardcore, man. Kind of cool. The next subject that we need to talk about is Donny Cates. You alluded to it just a second ago. What is going on? Bleeding Cool reported that Donny Cates was belligerent in a Twitter conversation about Guardians of the Galaxy 13. I mean, this is a book that came out, what, 1993? That's right. And there's people alluding to the fact that he stole... Cosmic Ghostwriter from this cover. Or at least was inspired by it. Ghostwriter in space. That's right. And this person is poking. It just seems like he's poking. Yeah. And Donnie, Sir Donnie, Sir Cates, is kind of feeding into it a just little, a little bit. bit. Like he's he doesn't need to be poked and he can ignore it, but man, he's not ignoring it. Well, this tweet was a month ago. And then recently started getting some traction, people commenting on it. So much to the point where he was responding in ways that Bleeding Cool said was belligerent. I, I don't think it would, I don't consider it belligerent, but I can see that it's a little bit, you can see he's getting a little irritated. Yeah. Right? I don't know, man. We got to play this out because <laughs> when I read it, I just read it as like somebody having a conversation. Yeah. Because he's saying that he did not see this cover prior to him creating Cosmic Ghost Rider. Which, if this comic came out in 1993, that's a good, like, what, 25 years in between that and Cosmic Ghost Rider? Let's describe this issue. This is Ghost Rider in space riding his motorcycle in flames. So it's, it's, it's similar, of course, but it's definitely a different character. Yeah, I mean, is this the first time Ghost Rider's been in space? I mean, I can't imagine that being the case. So, like, to make that correlation, it's like saying Space Ghost is the first <laughs> Ghost Rider. It's so yeah. ridiculous to me. And then he's just like, I've never even seen this cover. And I don't know, it's just becoming bigger than it is. Okay, so um, what did Jim Valentino say? So the writer of the comic, Jim Valentino, he was notified in some fashion or became aware of this, this uh, debate. And this is what he wrote. He wrote, this just came to my attention. So I'm going to address it. I don't know Donny Cates. Don't know his work. But I think this is pretty, he used S-H- and a bad poopy word. 
Why do people insist on telling a creator where he gets his ideas or what he was thinking of when he created something? It's called synchronicity. Two people, same idea, and let's face it, this is just not all that original an idea. Take an existing character, make a derivative thereof. Kate says he came on this independently. Take his word for it. It's like Jason X. Yeah. Jason in space, right? It's not that original. He's not wrong. You know, you take a normal Earth person and put them in space, and, and that's, ooh, ideas. But Cosmic Ghost Rider does get a little bit of a pass, I think, because it's not just Ghost Rider in space. It is the Punisher who becomes the you know, Herald of Galactus, who also kind of becomes Ghost Rider. Also, it's, it's a little bit more involved than just taking the normal Earth-bound Ghost Rider and, you know, putting him on a rocket and throwing him into space. There's... True. A little more work that went into it, I think. Um, comment down below. Guardians of the Galaxy 13 could be yours. And let's jump into the next subject of the show, because this is kind of a follow-up to the Russia story. What happened? We commented a few weeks ago on the podcast about how the cultural affairs minister in Russia s said offhanded comments about how comics are for kind of for idiots is more or less what he said. Like, they're for people who are just learning to read, that they're, you know, you're wasting your time if you're reading comics, etc. He kind of just didn't have anything nice to say about comics at all. This was part of a larger conversation because in this podcast we covered other countries that have kind of demeaned comic book culture. And that was just one of the examples. Well, we have an update because since that was said to the public in Russia, there's actually kind of been a comic boom. Sales are better than ever. Yeah, anytime we see that there's some type of push to the comic world of it being demeaned or knocked down, it pushes right back in, in even greater form. And that's what we just saw here. That's right. It says here um, from The Guardian, Russian comics gets sales boost after culture minister calls them pathetic. So obviously this had some blowback. Uh, there were a lot of people who commented and, and posted on Twitter and there were a couple hashtags that trended like uh, I'm a moron and hashtag I read comics and all these people just kind of yeah they fought back against this statement there was one guy who said uh, we are not idiots um, he's been reading comics for almost 20 years I'm not planning on stopping anytime soon no one will convince me otherwise why because comics have given me so much taught me so much shown me so many things and I'm not so dumb as to give all this up Ooh, I love it. I love like seeing the people Sharp. come out and really say how they feel. Um, what else, though? Because there was a publisher that got on the mic, too. We got the Stan Lee of the former USSR. Yeah. Maybe not that big, but Dmitry Yakovlev, head of one of Russia's leading indie comic producers. Okay, There's a company on St. Petersburg called Boom Kniga. They were unfazed by the minister's dig. Yeah, they were. All right. He said, Medinsky's comments was pure stupidity. Therefore, supporting the comic industry. He told The Guardian, sales actually increased. It's a big deal. This is a fun story because we see the response from the community. It's not just here in the States. It is worldwide. Moving on to the next subject of the show, we got viewer comments. Viewer comments. What do we got? We got a comment from Jurassic Coast Comics. House of Victoria's Secrets, number 92, is actually the first appearance of Swamp Thong. I literally had that message to me, I think, four different times this week by different people in the community. It was hilarious. It was, it was awesome. And this was in reference to a comment from... It was actually a comment last week where someone yes. said Swamp Thong instead of Swamp Thing, and there was that fun little edit. Baby, 
I had no idea that was going to be in there, by the way. That was that was all uh, not me. I'm usually the one responsible for all the stupid jokes and stuff that make it into these videos, but that one was not me. And it was hilarious when I was watching that and that came up. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely, whoever was responsible for that. And great comment. Well done, Slav. Well done, Slav. Next up, from Comms Collections. I'd have to argue it seems more logical to trample for a gold foil spawn 300, a la Black Friday style, than a $30 microwave, but that's just me. Great Ooh. episode. You know what? It's not a bad point. But if you're going to trample some people, you get, might as well do it for a cool comic book instead of like an appliance. Who cares? I just don't think anyone should be trampling over anybody. That's probably a better idea. Don't trample people. Yeah. And there's got to be a better way to allocate comics. You know, you're putting too much responsibility on people and... They should you, leave them all over the convention hall, like an Easter egg hunt. Oh, that's not <laughs> going to be just, a problem. And you just find them. People are going to be flipping over all kinds of things. That's right. <laughs> We've <laughs> hidden 30 comics around this building. Look everywhere. Look <laughs> Everyone everywhere. just crawling under booths. That or you can do what Boom did and just kind of spread them out. You do one in the panel. You do one at the booth. And you bring enough to serve a lot of people. But keep the exclusive ones at things that you got to kind of work towards. This was just a, hey, we have this. There's got to be a First come, way. first serve. And then chaos ensued. I guess that means people like your comic? Yeah, which is Silver also line, kind of interesting to think about because like Spawn is very old, you know, 20 plus years now, and it, they're, it's causing stampedes? What? Oh, it's kind of cool. People love Spawn, man. But it's not cool at the same time. You know what I mean? I do, I think. Chris Elf says, it's all about Halloween slash horror comics for me this month. Looking for a fright. Ooh, that's a good thing to bring up. This is horror month for me. Yeah, it's every month is horror month for me. It's like my favorite genre. Yeah, same here. Um, but you know, there's like comic books that I like to read. My mm -hmm. movies just start going in rotation that I like to watch every year. Why don't we save that for the after show? We'll just talk a bunch mm -hmm. about Halloween stuff because Spooky. it's only like a little over a week to Halloween, anyways. Right. Yeah. This is giant news, giant size. Um, we talked about DC getting totally revamped. The DC Cinematic Universe getting James Gunn. J.J. Abrams. J.J. is getting involved mm -hmm. with that as well. Well, Kevin Feige of Marvel just added a new title. Chief Creative Officer. He got promoted this week. Okay, what does this mean? He is no longer just in charge of Marvel Studios, the films. He is now in charge of the films, television, animation, and I, I think it was comics too. Yep. Comics? Oh, I don't know Comic about that. books. Final say. You know, for the overall stuff that's going to happen is what's being proposed. I don't like that. Okay, what do you he think about He has an this? incredible track record. He he was in charge of Marvel Studios the entire time, like since from Iron Man to Endgame. Like, and I think there's something to be said for the fact that like none of those movies really tanked. I mean, they were all pretty successful, at least financially, like majorly successful. I mean, you could argue about like maybe Ant Man or Doctor Strange being like less powerful than certain other movies in that whole run, but they were all hits they were all big i think he deserves he definitely deserves some kind of promotion or a raise or something from oh, marvel absolutely i think he should be all responsible for anything that's got to do with on the screen right but for the comics i just think you, you need to leave that up to comic creators i don't think they go hand in hand i just don't oh, you're, I think you're you have, worried i'm worried i think you should have your on-screen universe and then let other people deal with what's happening on the comic pages. Keep the continuity separate, like a comic book Marvel Universe and a cinematic and MCU, like two separate continuities. Because, yeah, if they if they start to cross over, if you get, like, a comic series that features the characters in the movies, it's all going to... I mean, this this gets back to one of my biggest beefs, I think, with with the, uh, Marvel in particular. Well, after... A, I, I did, uh, DC does it, too, I guess. But after after a certain movie or TV show lands... 
uh, characters in the comic books will kind of change and reflect the movie version. Like you noticed after 2014 and the Guardians movie came out, like Star-Lord in the comics suddenly wore the big, long, red Chris Pratt trench coat. He always had the music, you know, the headphones on. There were certain traits of the film versions of that character that got uh, adapted to the comic book. And now they're pretty much inseparable and the same. That concerns you. You rather see comics have their own set of creative works happen and keep it all separate. And that's that's an interesting concern to have because right now we're seeing the Marvel shows and the cinematic universe start to just mesh together. So many of these celebrities that we're excited to see in the theaters, they're going to be on these shows. And that's how they're going to get us to enjoy these shows because they're part of the Marvel canon. This could be scary for Marvel Comics because of the control of you know the creative process and maybe where their vision is. But this also has the potential of being a renaissance of sorts that we've never seen. Seeing canon actually take place beyond maybe a single run or a miniseries, having ongoing continuity tie into the theater, to TV shows that are airing, like this could have some major repercussions. It could be a cool way to bring in new people who are just the movie viewers who can now feel comfortable to pick up a comic book because they know... They already have the necessary info. Like, this is just related to, you know, Avengers Endgame. Like, this is a sequel to Avengers Endgame that's in comic book form or something like that, for example. Right. I mean, they kind of do that already. They've got, like, a Avengers... You know, they, they do little prequel comics, MCU canon prequel comics that come out before the movies, but they're not, like, good. <laughs> they're not, like, real. Okay, but imagine instead of that happening where it's like, oh, you like this movie that came out on DVD. It went straight to DVD. And then you're excited about it. Oh, and they made three issues of it. They have to go to the store that no one has because no one ordered it to begin with. So find it online. Well, now it's, oh, you liked it? Here's the advertisement. Click here on Marvel Plus and watch it. Yeah. And that's what the DCU app does. Read it. Yeah. Like after you after you finish, uh, you know, an episode of Titans, for example, right. it'll, it'll show you like, here's the, the Deathstroke page. You know, here's here's a bunch of cool Deathstroke comics you can read if you're interested in Deathstroke. Or yeah, something happened. Oh, this happened in between these episodes. Here's the comic that we prepared. Boom. Right. I mean, talk about getting people into comic books. This is how you potentially can do it if you do it right. And he's got a great batting record. I'm not against it, but I do recognize the concerns. Yeah, I don't think they go hand in hand. I don't see how him being the lead on any type of visual format of like TV and movies has anything to do with publication. Doesn't There's always no transfer. way he should be spread in thinking that he can handle not only every single Marvel title and then have that somehow correlate and you know, equivocate into movies too. Like just deal with your movies and TV shows. That's a huge That's thing. Already right? a huge, you know you can crush yeah. that. And we want to see like a similarity and everything like coincide together. We want to see that because, sure. and that that'll probably be easier with his new title. But like the comics, man, let let the writers deal with that. Like, let them create new universes. Let them imagine, and then if it works out, great, great. Like we have what we want on TV, and 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 it seems like we're getting what we want in comics right now. I mean, they're doing really well with you know. There's a lot of great things to read. Something similar happened with Jeff Johns over at DC where he got promoted to chief creative officer and he got involved a lot more heavily with the film stuff. Like he was pretty, as he should have been, he was pretty involved with the Green Lantern movie. But I think that might be evidence for maybe people who know how to write comics that might not necessarily transfer over to writing movies and TV that could work vice versa. Like maybe Kevin Feige is awesome at corralling and steering all of these film projects, but that same experience may not transfer to the comic book realm as cleanly as they might be. Yeah, I'm not going to have my amazing mechanic be my dentist, too. 
Like it's not good. It doesn't always cross over. You might know? work. You know, but it's a risk. We want to hear your thoughts, comic fam. Let us know in the comment section below. We like to hear what the community thinks, and maybe we'll bring it up in the comment section next week. I want to talk about something that happened yesterday. It's a moment that I've been waiting for for over a decade, and it just, I I watched it happen. Uh, I missed it out by an hour. I I missed out on my grail, guys. And this is Ah. something that I brought up a couple times on the show, kind of just casting something out to see, just to see if I can catch anything. Maybe there's a lead out there, but I've been after this 1991 Salt Lake City Comic Con pamphlet. If you open it up, this was a pamphlet that was given out at this really small show where an artist named Mike Mignola, he was asked to do just a character design, just, hey, can you just draw something fun for the centerfold? So on the inside of this, you have this demon character, and this character you wouldn't recognize. It's just a random demon. He didn't do anything with this particular character design, but he did have an idea. He thought of a name, Hellboy, and thought it would be a cool name of a character, so he put it on the belt. So this is the prototype. This is the first conception of Hellboy, and being the Hellboy is one of my all-time favorite comics, and it's really what got me into collecting comics on a large scale and like really hunting for scarce stuff and then going down that rabbit hole of wanting the real first appearances and the marketing and the early stuff. Well... I've been hunting for this for over a decade, and I got a text from you, Jeff, and then my heart sank. Yeah, when I saw that message, someone posted that they just purchased this. All I could think about was you. I was like, oh, no, Tom. Uh, he has to He has to see this. Try to get it from this guy. I don't know the whole story, like how he got it. Yeah, someone so, posted on Instagram, and you sent me a picture of it. Yeah, I sent it right over to you right away. This and- guy's like, oh, I got one. Yeah, he's like, you got one, and I was like, Tom, I mean, maybe reach out. I'm not sure what the story is, but good luck. So I'm confused. I need to know what the story is. Okay, so what happened is I get the message from you. I look at the person. I recognize the name. I go to Instagram. We've already DM'd before, and we had this funny ongoing conversation. It was very brief this past year. Congratulations, Captain Shipwreck. I looked at this message. He bought it. turns out we had a small back and forth and he had reached out to give me a lead on some random hellboy uh random like scarce appearances that he thought i may be interested in so i in thanking him he mentioned like oh man i'm happy to shoot you messages from time to time if i find something scarce because he's a fellow hellboy collector and he said however if i ever find the 1991 pamphlet i'll fight to the death for that so he's, he's not about to let that go. So I pull up the DM and I'm like, oh, this is the same person. So I just responded with, dude, how you got to tell me. And it turns out that this is one of those situations where he met someone on a Facebook forum, they communicated, and they couldn't come up with the deal. The person didn't want to sell it. And then the day that he posted it on eBay, at like right around the same time, that seller texted him because they were in conversation and he's like yo i just posted it to ebay and captain shipwreck he didn't even think twice 5k purchase it's Ah. it's public you can see the sale and everyone's going to want to know but yeah 5k i've been hunting for this thing i don't know if i would have pulled the trigger fast enough and he reminded me he's like oh by the way you couldn't have because he sent that text message i clicked it and then i bought it that's crazy to me 5k wow and people say like these real first appearances that we chat about, like who cares, right? Like these aren't key appearances. The market decides what the key major key appearances are. That's something that would go missed. 
100%. No one knows about that thing. That hit the eBay page, and it was sold probably within five minutes. 5K, done. Well, good for him. Captain Shiverack, congratulations on getting a grail piece, man. Yeah, congratulations, man. I'm, I'm super jelly, and thank you for sending me pictures of it. I, this is the first time I'm like actually seeing what this thing looked like. I didn't even know it was kind of larger. Like You can't find pictures of this thing. One hasn't hit eBay, I think, since like 2006. Wow. 2008, something like that. Good thing you're so young and you can wait another 10 years. I know. I'm going to find one in a collection. Like I'm, I just have a feeling like one of these days I'm going to be in like the Minnesota area buying a collection and just like, oh, got it. That's I what really I'm wish for. I could be in the room when you do that because I feel like if I was standing even on the other side of the room, I'd you scream oh. a little, like a little high-pitched baby. Oh, I'd be... Oh my God, I found it! You know? Oh, I'd be jumping, dude. Yeah. I start jumping. I don't know. I get excited. I start jumping. I want to transition now into a comic that gets most Golden Age collectors really excited. All right. And this is Exciting Comics number 39. This is dope, man. Yeah. This is a Alex Schomburg cover, all right, who was the man for cover art, period. Did most every timely cover that you can imagine in the 40s. And this is a Nedor Publications. This came out in 1945. And if you look at the cover, it's Nazis poisoning candy and giving them to kids to eat. Yeah, this is uh, a worst-case scenario for parents. You ever hear that when you were a kid? Like, you have to check all the candy? Oh, yeah, razor blades. Halloween, too, man. The kid had a razor blade in the apple and went to the hospital. Have you seen this? Halloween, too. No, I'm just... Look at this. Look at this comic book. This is ridiculous. It's a 3L. It's a 3.0. Really? Classic book. Better than that, if you ask me. How would yeah. you describe what you're looking at there? Uh, some kind of weird, like, old school version of the Punisher punching a Nazi and some kind of other Robin Bucky looking kid with a gun pointing it at a window where this clear Nazi is just handing a candy bar to this little boy and girl who do not seem to question this at all. Check your candies, guys. Halloween's around the corner. But that is the Black Terror. And his faithful sidekick, Tim. <laughs> That's his, really? Yeah, I think it's Tim. Tim. There you go. You couldn't have thought of any, like the amazing Tim. Yeah, his faithful sidekick, Tim. Together they were known as the Terror Twins, but he was Tim. And you expect a little something more dynamic, but I always found that kind of humorous. This is a scarce book, and this is something wanted by a lot of collectors because of that, that panel on the top right, that little section there with the uh, candy. I'm curious, what does a book like this in this grade go for in today's market? I would say probably around 3000 right? Pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome book. I have another one. I have just the cover to it, too, hoping to mirror it to a coverless one point. And so, I mean, any chance I get uh, to buy that book, at least for reasonable, I will pull the trigger on it. If there weren't Nazis on the cover, I would think that uh, the Terra Twins are the the villains because they they don't look that nice. No. They're all they're all dressed in black. They one kid Tim has a gun, you know. Yeah, I mean the Black Terror is just a, got a great costume design. I always loved the look, and then even with just Tim, he looked. They both looked, you know, pretty ba on the cover. It's got a skull and crossbones and stuff. I'm I'm taking it. Yeah, right. Jeff, thank you so much for bringing this really cool book, and even the kids. They don't even have like shoes on. You know, and the kids like got some tattered shorts. Like these are kids who probably really want candy and they don't want it to be poisoned. But it also is making this comic book worth a heck of a lot. I have kind of in that Halloween theme, check your candy, Ultimate Fantastic Four issue. This is uh, the volume number five. 
And what's in volume number five? What Marvel. story? Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies. This is the first appearance of Marvel Zombies. It's in trade form, so you can read the whole thing. This one's for you, Jeff. This one's for the community. And the next section of the show, I'm kind of interested to jump into with you, is about the Joker. Okay, Ooh. Dan Slott has gone on record. He doubled down this week saying that he thought that this movie was a bad movie. Now, I've seen it. Ryan, you've seen it. Right, I saw it last week. Jeff, you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. If you're going to talk about it, tell me now and I'm going to leave. I don't think there's a way we can talk about this without spoiling. And when this podcast comes out, the movie's been out for what, two weeks? Two weeks at that point. So I think it's Plenty of time for people to have seen the movie. Okay, Jeff, you do what you're going to do. We're going to talk about this movie. I got to walk. I got to walk. Okay. Okay. All right. Whistle, Whistle when we get back. Okay. So we're talking about the Joker. We're talking about Joaquin Phoenix's rendition. Sure. Okay. Why don't we dive into that? What did you think? What's your first thoughts? I loved it. You loved it. Why did you love it? I thought it was terrific. I thought it was a great character study, a nice examination of how a not good person, but how a, quote, normal person can kind of fall through the cracks and and, and not be good, you know? Okay. You know, like <laughs> a, a, a character study on a mentally ill person, and that person sure. happened to be Joker. Right. And I felt like he became Joker by the end of the movie, and I think that was the whole the whole idea of this of this run is to to showcase someone who can just literally go beyond that line, go from struggling in life to going over the edge to the point where you're inciting violence. There's a line, like they say in the office, and uh, the line exactly. The point in his life, you know, there's a there's a there's a few parts where he gets he gets a few uh, he gets beat up right. multiple times in this movie, and uh, at a certain scene in the certain subway car, he decides to uh, take his revenge on these three dudes who are, are beating on him, and he shoots them all and kills them all. And I think that's the moment where things just take a, a turn a turn for the worse, and you can't really go back from that. But it doesn't seem to affect him at all, which I thought was pretty cool. There's a handful of scenes that I found out they had cut from the original take, as they do with movies, but ones that would make you think a little bit differently about this particular character at times of the movie. Did he kill the love interest, if we can call it that? Right, his neighbor down the hall? Yeah, and there's deleted scenes that would kind of give you more of an answer to that question. I loved that Um, it wasn't answered. And it wasn't answered. Um, I loved that. More movies need to do that. Yeah, and I think, I guess, you know, after leaving, I had to, like, think about it. The first thing I would say is I did not not like the movie. I Uh enjoyed it. It was a good movie. I thought it was a good movie. It did what I was hoping it wouldn't, which was just be exactly what I expected it to be based off of the preview. And I don't know if that says more about me and consuming trailers. Maybe I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Could make an argument that trailers are giving away a whole lot of plot elements. And not just plot elements, but like there wasn't really any surprise to it. And the big reveal at the end that it's tied to Batman and they kind of tie the Joker. That's my biggest complaint with the movie. Is that they tied the Joker uh, V for Vendetta type of. of, Uprising? uh, Yeah, uprising. That happens at the end? Yeah, the uprising to how Wayne and Martha were murdered indirectly by the Joker and kind of starting off Bruce on his path to become who we all know him to be. Right. Yeah, it's like, okay. When I was coming into this movie, there were two options, right? He's The movie itself builds it up like he's going to shoot himself on camera. At least that's how I was thinking, because he was yeah. practicing you know, in yeah, his apartment. 
And then if you have read the comics, if you'd read Dark Knight Returns, you know that he there's a scene in Dark Knight Returns where he just poisons the entire audience of a talk show. So I was thinking they were going to do one of those two choices, but they did not. They chose door number three. Shoot Robert De Niro in the face. Yeah, just shoot him, and yeah, he just really goes off the edge, and right, you know, that's it. You know, the movie kind of just ends with him being free, but being the Joker. See, I was hoping in that moment that something Joker would happen. Like, I felt like he wasn't Joker enough. It's for the, me. it's his year one story. This is the beginning of him. There's multiple times in this movie where you find out he's just making stuff up in his head. Sure. Like the whole relationship he had with his neighbor down the hall just turns out to not have been real at all, which I thought was fantastic. Overall, I enjoyed the movie. Joaquin Phoenix killed it. He did a really good job portraying a mentally ill person that becomes the Joker. I think it was a fun idea. I'm glad it's Elseworlds. I'm really happy that it was a one-shot type of deal. I really hope they don't continue this. They better not make a sequel. That was my other main concern at the end of this movie. It, they left the door open for a potential sequel, and I really hope they don't. This better be it. Like I'm really, really concerned that they're going to try and tie this into the Batman with Robert Pattinson or maybe make a Joker 2, some kind of continuation of this and I, I really think it needs to be done here i thought i even thought the movie itself went a little too long i thought it should have ended with him like maybe getting hit by the ambulance mm. or the whole the whole i don't know the end of this movie was where i where i had my mo- most of my issues with it and i'll just say that okay but i loved it and i'm definitely going to buy it i'm going to watch it more than once i thought it was a perfect mix of films like taxi driver and uh, requiem for a dream both of which are major downers but tremendous films i agree good movie tremendous film I wish at the end, maybe instead of killing Robert De Niro, he had like a fake gun. I almost would have rather him killed himself or something. That way, you know, there's not going to be a sequel. (laughs) But then again, I think I still I still think that all the too harsh, though. I think think all the stuff with him standing on top of the cop car and everybody cheering for him. I think that might all have been in his head. Oh, really? really, I really do. That's that felt a little too, too far fetched for me. No, that makes sense. It could have. All I love that it's up in the air and it's up for you know up for debate. And I think that makes that makes stories more interesting if you if it makes people talk about them more after it's over. Did you watch the Joker? Let us know what you thought. I was hoping it would be a little bit darker. That's it. Really? You know, but you know, it is good. I don't know. I was. I, was, I don't know what to think. Man. It was plenty dark for me. I loved it. I'm thinking about it a lot. Yeah. I haven't really. You know, it's one of the things like I don't really care to do. Like this is a review of like what I thought about the movie. Yeah, because I it takes me a little bit to maybe appreciate it. I maybe I do need to watch it again. Usually to, yeah. to formulate a firm opinion on it, but I think this one for me, it really. I was, I was like, oh, it's kind of sad. You know, my main hope was that it would give me Taxi Driver vibes, and it really did, and I'm I'm satisfied. All right, let us know what you thought about the movie, Comic Fam. Do you do you wish it was a little darker? Do you wish it was a little bit more? You know, Gotham involved and maybe like more villains in the in the movie or like just tying into more stuff in the Batman mythos. Or you think it was just done right and we sh- we need to see more of this type of Elseworld storyline telling. All right, we have a Batman done by John Boy. John it's Boy. signed. Comment down below. Let us know what you think about this video. What do you think about the stories? We're doing three giveaways. We have the Guardians of the Galaxy issue 13, the Fantastic Four um, Ultimate Volume number five with Marvel Zombies. We do appreciate your time today, comic fan. We're going to keep the conversation going after we shut the cameras off, and we're going to get the guru back in here. I'll go get him. Yeah, do me a favor. Let's go and get him. And then also one other thing, if there's like one thing I'll ask you to do, is to download Key Collector, the best comic book app that exists in the world. Link is in the bio. Use Kotom101. You get a free week subscription. There was a bunch of key alerts that went out this week. We're going to talk about some of those in the after show. Ryan's already got rid of his headphones. I do. So I was going to go get Jeff. I didn't know you were talking about Key Collector again. They're pretty cool. You should, you should download Key Collector. And Check out also, Tom101 if you want the free week. Yeah, and there's one other thing they need to do. Geek responsibly. 
Enough said. All right, that just happened. Super exciting. What's going down? Dude, we just got a major plug from Varian Comics on YouTube. Eris out there and his team are crushing the content. They're the leaders in it. They've been around for a long time, and we love what they do. They have Villain Month going on right now, so they're doing villains all month for Halloween of October. This is over on YouTube, uh, Varian Comics. A lot of people are going to know them. If you ever do a search for a particular character that is on the public's mind, chances are they've already made a video on it. Yeah, and they're giving away five Killing Jokes first uh, first prints. That's right, because of us. Yeah, we, wonder where we, he got those exactly. We, we hunted down uh, five copies of Killing Joke to provide to their community because we're big fans of the Variant Nation. And he also I highlighted our can our our show on camera on their YouTube page, and it's it's pretty cool. So thank you so much. That's exciting, and he's a good friend of the show. He's a good friend of mine now too. He he really is just a sincere, great person. For real. Um, all right, but that just happened like in between us ending podcast number 10, no 11, that was the number 11 podcast, yeah. number 11 and us starting the after show, which is where you've joined us now. So thank you for joining us and sticking through. Welcome to know, the after show. This is the, the, sh- the part of the show that I get most excited to, to do. And Jeff had to leave the room because we chatted about a, mo- a movie he hasn't seen yet, but we're talking about horror themed Dude, you remember that? Remember that part right at the now. end of the Joker movie when Bane came in and just murdered everyone? Yeah, just freaking broke Joker's back. That was cool. That was my favorite part. I yeah. like that, and then the reveal that the, that Commissioner Gordon was actually Sub Zero the whole time. That was cool. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yep. Sub Zero. That's right. Best part. Sorry, we spoiled it for you. Yeah, they audience. crossed over Mortal Kombat with Batman, and it's amazing. No, but we talked about Joker. We talked about it. I actually got a large popcorn at the theater. Couldn't eat it all. Brought it home and ate that popcorn into the night. That's exciting. I did. I love popcorn. It's a true story. Brought it back. I had Reese's Pieces. I did not eat them all as well. well what do you love to eat on Halloween for candy? Speaking of Hold candy. On. Before we get into candy, I got to let you guys know because I think it's really funny. Uh-oh. But Russ brought home popcorn one time. One time? And went to the fridge. Ew. And he put it in the fridge. Why? He, he refrigerated purpose? the popcorn. I don't know. He wanted to save it, I guess. Gross. But he put it in the fridge. And I'm like... I've never seen someone put popcorn in the refrigerator, but you know what he did. And I feel like what? it would come out when you take it out. I feel like it would just be one brick, one solid lump of popcorn. You should bits. ask him that at some point on the mic, but don't bring it up because I don't think he listens to the after show. I don't think Russ and pays attention to anything we do. Yeah, I don't know. Well, who is Russ? I don't even know. Where is he? Where What's is he doing right where now? Where has he been? Why is he always... You know, should we call him? We should call him. Let's live. call him right now. Let's call him right now. I'm going to be like, yo, yo, Russ, why did you... Let's ask him. I'll call him right now, actually. Um, but I, I eat a lot of popcorn. What do you do on Halloween? And I'm going to call Russ while we do that. Wait, hold on. I eat a lot of popcorn. My household eats a lot of popcorn. You mentioned that you eat a lot of popcorn. Yes. This has and come I, up before? I, he's brought it up on the show. Y- he's like, show? I eat a lot of freaking popcorn, dude. Popcorn's huge in my household. Okay. So the fact that it's been refrigerated and I've never tried that is a little surprising, but it doesn't sound right. Call it. Yeah, it on. sounds wrong to refrigerate popcorn. Yes, it does. It's either eaten at that moment. Or it's already in a bag that you can keep later. Room hey, temperature. Um, we're, we're, we're live on the podcast. Not live. Like, it'll be edited out if anything goes silly. But I just wanted to um, ask you if you want, if we can just ask you a quick question on the mic. Um, hold on. So there was yeah. one. Okay. So let, let me have John watch the front of the show while I walk away because there's eight customers here. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. At the you're, store. Yeah, you're at the store because you're a hardworking comic book dealer. Hi, yeah. Russ. Totally. It, it's Wednesday. I got a ton of people picking up stuff right after they got off of work today, and I think everyone got paid yesterday. So awesome, awesome. Okay, so there was this one time where we were recording, and I had the guys here, and I'm like, yo, grab something out of the fridge. And 
we noticed that you refrigerated your popcorn, and I wanted to ask you about that. Oh, okay. So I'm refrigerating my popcorn mostly because it doesn't get as stale, and actually because I'm a very salty and sweet guy, I like putting M&Ms into my popcorn, oh. and if I leave the M&Ms out on the counter, the M&Ms will melt. So generally when I come back from a long movie, if I've gotten a large popcorn and I'm only you know eating it with myself, if I put M&Ms in there, I'm going to leave it in the fridge because then the M&Ms stay cold. All right, man. Thank you so much. Mystery, <laughs> mystery solved. Ryan is dying. You're welcome. We love you, man. We'll see you soon. I love you, Ryan. <laughs> All, right, bye. Bye. All right. That was such a more detailed and like reasoned response. I just thought he was going to say, like, oh, I forgot. I left. I put it in the fridge. I made a mistake. But like he had, he had a, a reason. I've been meaning to bring it up. I just haven't thought about it like since he was here because we're always you know doing comic stuff, always talking about comic stuff. Now that we got the popcorn stuff out of the way. Let's talk about Halloween. Let's talk about Halloween candy and what we do during Halloween. One of my favorite holidays of the year is Why? Halloween. Why? Do you go crazy? Do you do like a haunted house at your place? You have kids there? and like a family and stuff. So oh. I imagine your yeah. house is like popping. What do you do? Because like Halloween for me is pretty low key. No, I have a Halloween party every year. Okay. And I go oh, all yeah. out. You invited me. Yeah, you invited me too. I can't go. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try to make I'll, it. I'll tell you here on camera. I can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work great. Right. I'll be uh, asleep. We will, we will endure. That's okay. What do you we'll, do at your we'll at your uh, Halloween party? Is so it a, it's a I haunted house, or every is it year. just like, ooh, it's kind of nice. So I used to have this like four stall horse shed that was like seventy years old. I mean, it wasn't in use, and it looked haunted already. Scary. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm scared already. It already looked haunted, and for the f- this is my fourth year living there. We took it out this last year, so I don't have it anymore. But every year I added another room plus on this Halloween thing, so I made it scary where you have to go through the stalls and around. I haven't made one room, a blacklight room, that I painted all these fun kid characters so kids can go into it and have more of a kid safe like area. I have property. I had a haunted trail. I had a garage. Like, this is a big garage and it had shelves. I put in this two-car garage. I covered every square inch of wall and ceiling in black tarp, okay, and then made a whole lab set. With like bubbles and colored liquids, Sounds like Dexter. I mean, crazy out. Like every year, I go all out for Halloween. This year, like no shed, so I'm trying to figure it out. But yeah, man, I love this holiday. Do you scare any kids or anything? Not yet. My kids are still young. I can't take it to that level yet. Like, you know, my wife and I have had the, that discussion. It's usually a pretty short discussion. Like, no, <laughs> not yet, <laughs> not yet. But I'm going to get to that point where I'm going to hire freaking actors to act like zombies. I'm going to traumatize my kids. You know what's funny? Kind of a a random little side story. I'm just curious. Um, Do you have a household where you scare each other? No. Right? Because there's a a thing with like trust. I actually know people who have been in relationships before where it was like a problem that their significant other liked to scare them for fun and it turned into a problem in their relationship. Terrifying. Yeah, because you just, it's like you're constantly on edge. You don't know. (laughs) But it's just a, it's just a thing that happens. So I'm just curious, like, you know, we're talking about scaring kids, scaring people, but like you're you're a household that's no scare. I've done that early and I know they don't like it. So I don't continue to push that. So we just don't do that. Yeah, I had a, I had that like small bit of trust lost at some point in my life and I realized, oh, it's just not worth it. Like to, to be the guy that However, siblings, my brother, when we were growing up, I had one of these, uh, it was like a, it was kind of like a, like a doll. It was like a, a, my buddy doll or something. It was almost, it was almost like a Chucky doll. Okay. But not quite similar. It was creepy when we were probably like, he's two years younger than me. So it was probably like 11 and nine or somewhere around that age. 
uh, I was sleeping in my room and I woke up in the middle of the night and he put, he had, uh, he told me later that he had done this, but I woke up and I saw that doll sitting right in front of my door so I couldn't oh. leave the room and there was a knife in his hand. There's a knife in his hand? My brother taped a knife into the doll's hand <laughs> and left it in the room just to, just to prank me Whoa. and I woke up in the middle of the night and saw the doll sitting there with a knife and I lost it. So that was fun. Were you really scared? Yeah, well, of course I was. It's okay when you're brothers, though, I think. When you're, when you're siblings, it's cool to do that stuff. But I think if you're like husband and wife or boyfriend-girlfriend kind of thing, it's you know questionable. I mean, you, could, you can get in trouble for that. But for brothers, that, that gets a pass. Truth. Halloween, baby. Halloween. Spooky stuff happens. And we read some horror comic books. We watch horror movies. This time of month, I'm going through my Rolodex. I've already watched The Thing. I got... Um, Black Christmas on Deck. Ooh, which one? The, re- the old one? The real the, one? Dude, the real one. Okay, The good. original one. It's on oh YouTube, by the way, for free, if anybody That's, wants to watch it. Dude, have you watched Black Christmas? I haven't. It is. Dude, uh, I think so. You watch it twice Worth a year. watching. You watch it Halloween, and you watch it Christmas. Yes. It's that good. Hollow- uh, honestly, Halloween season is the time of year that I get a pass for constantly liking scary things all year round, and also constantly eating candy all year round. It's like, it's okay, it's Halloween. Gummies. Give me more gummies. I'm allowed to eat all these gummy snacks and watch, you know, watch scary movies all day. <laughs> What? That's what happens. So during this time, I like to go through The Crow. It's always a good read throughout this this time of year. Still haven't read it. Yeah, I still haven't read it. Nope, I have your That's copy right. too. You still have my copy. I have your trade. I, I don't even know where it is. Have it's you seen the movie at least? Nope. I have no no Crow. Moving on. I what else going, do you like to um, do? I just went through 30 Days a Night, of course. I like to go through that like at least once a year. Shout out Ben Templesmith. Um, he, uh, we also go through what else? Um Hellboy is definitely something like to read like often in October. I just went through uh, the Fury again. It's a short three issue series, but I like that that little run. It's recent, right? I... Um, that's actually like the last storyline before he goes to hell. Hell, okay, that's right. So right. It's, it's a short one. He dies in issue three. Hmm. Spoilers, yeah, which is a it's a fun read. Um, and then movies. You know, like Halloween, I start cycling through Obviously. that. I'm still going through Buffy. Like I just um, finished season two last night. So going through um, season three, and that's when it, it, dude, it starts picking up. Like This show is so damn good. Never saw that either. You got so much to do. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I watched it religiously when it came out, but I got to I gotta maybe see it again. Uh, for me, like, man, I used to watch all that stuff. I really did, man. I was a huge horror guy. I had a huge horror VHS collection back in the day, you know, but now it's just kind of... I don't know. I just ever since I had kids, man, I just don't watch that horror stuff like I used to, and um, trying to a little bit again. But uh, man, I kind of like I said, I used to binge like Halloween's the entire thing on. Oh yeah, you know, just straight. And uh, my favorites used to be like Nightmare on Elm Street. I think uh. was, was one one in three for me. Like I was never a big slasher guy. Like that never creeped me out. The movies that always got me were like Possessions and Haunted House. Yet Freddy Freddy Krueger. That one always creeped me. That's out. interesting because I'm the exact opposite. Like ghosts and and Freddy Krueger type stuff that doesn't get me because that's not real in a way. But like somebody like Michael Myers or some you know some guy just walking up to you and stabbing you is like way creepier to me because that's that's real. I rewatched the Rob Zombie Halloween one, mm-hmm. and I really like that movie. I think he did a really good job redoing the Halloween one sure. movie. However, the one thing I realized that I enjoyed most about that movie is that point exactly that it's just a random person that just entered the house. I want to remind everyone, Laurie Stroud, who is the sister of Michael Myers, that was only added into the canon of the Halloween franchise, starting with Halloween two. Okay. It's two. You find out right in the beginning. They're like, Oh, this is Michael Myers sister. Gotcha. But that wasn't in the, in the movie, in the first movie. So, 
according to John Carpenter and anyone who's a fan of this franchise, you look at Halloween one separate. This was a random occurrence of terror and horror from some no-named person who yep. just wanted to do it. And that's Love what it. makes that movie terrifying, especially since he doesn't say anything and he's just there with a knife. It's some, there's, there's, just, there's just a level of creepiness with that one that's just with the music and the pacing of that movie. And My like, favorite horror movie. Is it? Halloween 1 is? Mm-hmm. That's your favorite. Okay. It's oh, yeah. good. It's definitely good. I like it. Um, but yeah, I remember like being in the kitchen. Yeah. When he's just staring there and looking at the body and turning his head and tilting and like, and then like in the back of the car and the music kicks in and he gets the, I mean, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. Watch Halloween if you are listening to this and you have never seen Halloween. The original. 1977, I think. 78. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. You know, you yes. can watch a, a bunch of different Halloween. The one from versions, last year wasn't even that bad, I thought. I recently watched that, that remake. The remake of number two. Sure. Yes. Texas Chainsaw, the first one, still Holds pretty up. creepy. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Brian Polito actually did a bunch of horror comics, um, like the movie adaptations that are all really spot on. I really mm. enjoy those. And they're actually worth picking up if you ever find them for cheap in collections. That's a nice little pro tip. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought those would be good. No, but for real. Jay that is, dude knows his his horror, and he really respected the canon in the in the franchise. It's as close to the real thing as you can get in comic form. That's awesome. Definitely. So other horror things that I enjoyed this month, uh, The Walking Dead. I'm started redo rereading that again. Now that it's over, I'm like, oh screw it. Like now I know there's an ending, like an ending to it. Yeah. I just want to read it, especially through a hundred. Like I want to get that first one through maybe. A hundred or so, you know, really the, the idea that Robert Kirkman originally had, like this is pretty much the whole story. So if I was ever going to reread that, I would have to start at the prison and keep going. Cause that's I, every time I try and restart walking dead, that's where it loses me. Cause that's the best part. And then it keeps going after that. And that's when I would give up. Loses his hand immediately, man. I, I love that. I love reading that while eating sushi in Woodenville, that little sushi connection place. I used to go, you, yeah, you lived at right. You, you are frequent of that sushi place. Um, I would go there with my compendium and they would open up the end of the sushi line for me and get the the belt rolling from a part of the sushi belt that wasn't on just so I can be away from everybody and the kids because I would go in there and read comics so often. I would go through Walking Dead there. That's where I got found my love for smoked squid. Smoked squid? I haven't had that there. Dude, smoked squid is so that good. That sounds man. so gross. It's like one of my favorite That foods. whole experience, Walking Dead and smoked squid, like double pass. It's a good... I'm going to have to try that over there. I mean, I haven't really paid attention for that, but I know the people there are awesome, so I'm not surprised that they give you your own little section and read your comics. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this dude's here. Because I always go there around the time I would work. So I'd either be getting off of work or going to work, so I'd always be in a suit or something. I don't know. That's what I did. Bank talk. All right. Comic fam, have a good Halloween. We'll probably have a podcast out um, really close to Halloween next week, um, Sunday. If we don't talk to you until then, be safe out there. Enjoy some horror movies, horror comics. Stay spooky. Exactly. Oh, here, Ryan, let me give you some. Do it again. Spooky. That was, and that was good. Always just geek responsibly. See you, comic fam.